Welcome to Customer Service Academy Radio with author and customer experience expert, Tony Johnson. Tony will share his vision for successful customer service, leadership, and business excellence, and speak to some of the most impactful leaders in business today. And now, here's Tony Johnson. Greetings, everyone, and welcome back. This is Tony Johnson, and Customer Service Academy is back on the air. Thanks for tuning in so much. I really appreciate it. This week, we have a great show ahead. We're going to talk about service recovery. That's right, what to do when things go sideways in service, training and why it really matters, and how you can really pinpoint the opportunities and obstacles that make training really important, and then why sometimes you just have to shut up and listen. So again, big show this week. Really excited about it. Thanks for tuning in. If you have not yet, please remember to click that subscribe button down there and make sure that you are sharing this great content with your friends, your colleagues, and and just everybody in your life who could benefit from a little customer service love. So this week, I want to talk about service recovery. Let's go ahead and start there. I had an issue with my bank. Now, let's face it. We all we all bank, right? We all have a bank that we go to that we have our savings in and our checking and all those kind of things. And we count on them for a lot of stuff. We have to make sure that, that we really have the right partners there with our financial institutions. Because let's face it, that's our investment. That's our future. That's where we put our money. It's how we buy milk and pay the rent and all those kind of things every single day. So long story short, I logged into my account just a few weeks ago to kind of check my balance, make sure I was set to get some online bills paid and those kind of things. Don't you just love online bill paying? One of my favorite things to make sure I do. But when I got on there, I noticed that I was a few bucks short. In fact, I was $1,500 short in my savings account. And I thought, well, that's that's kind of weird. So I went back and looked through and I saw a withdrawal that I didn't really know anything about. And it was for $1,550 from a bank a state and a half away. And I thought, uh-oh, I've been hacked. So I called the bank and they put in all the investigation pieces they need to. They take all the information. They tell me they're going to follow up. And it it could take up to, say, 30 to 45 days to get my money back. And that was kind of a bummer. But I thought, okay. So I filed the report and off I went on my merry way. Well, I didn't hear anything back after 30 days. So after about 35 days, pick up the phone and called to find out what was going on. And they said, oh, yeah, we figured it out. Turns out somebody with your exact name walked in to make a withdrawal from their bank account. They have the same bank as I do. And they walked in, put in all the right documentation, showed their driver's license, uh, filled out an account statement. And what do the folks at the bank do? They give them my money out of my account instead of the money out of his account since we share the same name and apparently not paying too much attention. So fast forward, we, we talk about it and they say they're going to have my money back in my account within 48 hours. And they do. So they're good to their word there. So then I ask them the magic question. Is there anything you're willing to do to make this right? Is there anything you're willing to do to execute some kind of service recovery? I thought to myself, you know, these folks have not done a great job of apologizing. No one really offered up that big, sincere apology for making the mistake of giving my money to somebody else. And so I wanted to see if they had any skin in the game in terms of wanting to keep me as a customer. So I made it really easy. I told them I would take a a month off my, my checking fees. I would take a dollar. I would take a $5 gift card to a fast food restaurant. I would take anything that showed that they understood they'd made a mistake and that they were sorry about it and that they really wanted to kind of make it right. And again, I was making it really easy. And believe it or not, they absolutely 100% flat out refused. They wouldn't do anything. They put my money back in my bank, but they wouldn't give me any kind of credit for my interest. They wouldn't give me a dollar bill for my trouble. Uh, I got a I got a, hey, I'm sorry, and these things happen, and have a nice day. And, you know, if you stay a customer, stay a customer. If you don't, you don't. We got a lot of customers. So I thought that was really kind of an insane way to go about it when they really had made that mistake. So that's part and parcel of saying, please be good at service recovery. All your folks out there are probably every day trying to do the very best job they can, and I think that's fantastic, and you should too. But things are going to go sideways. Things are going to happen. Some days things just don't go to plan. So remember, there's there's really just a few steps in executing really good service recovery, and I'm going to give you an acronym that might help. I'm going to ask you to learn. 
And the L in learn stands for listen. Make sure that you let your customers kind of get it all out there and, and tell you what's really bothering them. The E stands for empathize. Stand a moment in your customer's shoes, really understand where they're coming from and really help them kind of see what's 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 what everybody's feeling in this situation. And I think it's a great way to make sure that everyone has that opportunity to look at things from the customer's point of view when things go wrong. The A, apologize. You always should say you're sorry when you've done something wrong. The R stands for resolve, and that is really just fixing the problem, making sure that whatever it was, you go to work on it, you make it right, and maybe you give them something a little extra if you can. And then finally, the N, it's my code for, for making sure we get better at things, and that stands for never repeat. So really the trick there is to kind of scale any solutions you come up with for this problem organizationally or across your business to make sure that you don't repeat the mistake over and over again. So remember, if you make a mistake, if things go sideways with service, make sure that you take the time to learn. Listen, empathize, apologize, resolve, and never repeat. So now there's always an ask every week, right? We take a moment to talk about what we can do better, what we should, we should really be focused on, where we should spend our time, and what we need to keep our eyes open for most. This week, let's talk about training. Remember, every week is a great week to really focus on key efforts to improve the business and really enhance customer service through the execution of our employees. As you walk through your business, through your organization every single day, keep a lookout for choke points or opportunities where training might be needed. It might be the cashier who doesn't seem to be real great at, at speed of service and, and getting people checked out. It, it could be the omelet cook, if you will, who doesn't know how to flip his omelets properly. It could be the, the person who's stocking the shelves who doesn't know what a great shelf looks like or doesn't know where to put things. As you're walking around, you're going to see countless opportunities. Write them down. Remember, you can't train everything at once all the time, but it's great to keep a list of key training opportunities because you may not have time to have a great, big, huge training engagement opportunity where you send everybody off for big training or bring everybody in for a week. But can you do 15 minutes of training every day? Can you take the time to do an hour on a Saturday morning? Can you take the time to maybe one of your pre-shift huddles cover one or two of these things that really might make a huge difference in your organization? So really the key here is to make sure that you're looking for folks who might be undertrained or not trained at all in their roles and put a plan together to get them trained. Remember, the goal is to keep training updated, relevant, and timely each and every day. This ensures that your workforce will be up for the challenge of delivering fantastic customer service. And now on to this week's web blog. So this week's topic, just listen. When was the last time you kept your mouth shut and just listened? No, really, think about it. I bet if you really put your mind to it, you'd be shocked at the last time you kept your agenda in your pocket and really engaged the person across from you and listened. Being a great listener is kind of like being a great driver or singer. Everyone thinks that they're really great at it, and just like in all of those pursuits, most folks are dead wrong if they were totally honest with themselves. The fact of the matter is we love to talk and we all think we know best. Oftentimes, leaders who lament that their teams never come with them or never bring good ideas along to the party would be shocked at what they're missing because they just don't take the time to listen. Most folks know what it means to be a great listener, but when the rubber meets the road, they fail to stand and deliver. This is one of those things like great customer service that takes dedication, practice, and force of will. So here are some ideas. Get out of your comfort zone. Chances are that your office, which is the ultimate home field advantage, is not very conducive to listening. With you behind your desk and your teammate on the other side, you've set up a physical barrier that's going to lead to stifled communication. Get out and take a walk, grab a cup of coffee, or head out to a conference table. Take the time to find a friendlier environment and you might just find yourself with a much more lively dialogue. 
Resist the urge to interrupt. I know that you feel like you're super smart and have every single answer, but if you can't keep your trap shut and let the person talking get to the point, they're never going to share anything of value. Yes, at first you might feel like a prospector mining for that nugget of gold and a ton of slag, but that's okay. You were once a young, energetic babbler too. It's perfectly fine to help them focus their efforts when the conversation is finished and even ask questions to get to the point, but don't burst in every two minutes. That's going to kill their confidence and squash the conversation. Next, don't punish the messenger. I've found over the years that you can foster a spirit of open dialogue when folks really let you know exactly what's going on. Certainly there will be some pointless tidbits shared, but you're also going to find valuable information that will help you impact your organization as well. You're going to hear ideas for process improvement, how to improve morale and safety concerns, but much of what you hear is going to be quote-unquote bad news. Resist the urge to be cross with the person brave enough to share, thank them for their honesty, and then craft a plan to course correct. Ignore that technology. Nothing says, I don't care, like checking your phone or email while someone is trying to talk to you. This one is particularly challenging for me, so I actually have to turn off my computer monitor, silence my phone, or close my laptop to make sure I don't lose focus. Do whatever you need to, but be sure you're giving that person talking to you your full attention. Schedule time to talk. It is absolutely understandable that you may not have time to talk the moment someone asks for a minute. This is where it pays to have an up-to-date calendar at all times. Better to schedule a solid 15-minute block to chat than to make someone feel rushed when they stop you. I get stopped often as I walk through my dirt and route to someplace else on a timetable and I ask if it's okay to talk later. Try this one. Would it be okay if we spoke later today or tomorrow at 3 o'clock? If it isn't anything pressing with safety or security, I would appreciate it so you can give me the time and attention you deserve. You'd be surprised how good that makes people feel. Schedule time and then live up to your commitment. If you set up appointments and cancel them or are late, that's going to erode your credibility. The important thing here is the effort. Really try to listen and make every effort to give your full attention. Your team will really appreciate that and it absolutely shows that you are a leader who values their opinion. That will quickly grow into a team that doesn't let things reach critical mass. They're going to come to you or their leadership team straight away with great ideas and in time of discord. So take some time today to start putting these ideas into practice. Then move on to inspiring your team to do the same. After all, as a leader, you can't do it alone. Don't even try, folks. You have to make sure that the leaders you depend on are being great listeners as well. So that's our show for this week. I really appreciate, as always, you taking the time to tune into Customer Service Academy. We talked about service recovery and what to do when things go sideways. We talked about why training matters and above all, be a great listener. Because if you know how to execute on that service recovery, if you listen to your team and what they have to say, and if you make sure that they're trained to deliver excellence when they're serving customers, you're set up to treat every guest like a cherished friend. And that is what it's all about, folks. So until next time, I'm Tony Johnson, and we will talk to you soon. This has been Customer Service Academy Radio with Tony Johnson. Tony is available to speak at your event, meeting, or workshop. Learn more at www.thetonyjohnson.com or email melissa at thetonyjohnson.com. Have a powerful customer-focused day.